Tuned into Book Choice Publishers Choice on Fine Music Radio with me, your host, Paige Nick. Today, the show includes four of South Africa's biggest publishing houses, each here to highlight all the beautiful books they're publishing this year. So, this is what we've got lined up for you. First up on the show, we'll hear from Jonathan Ball Publishers to share the best of their current non fiction and fiction titles on the shelves right now. After that, it's a big hello to global publishing powerhouse Pan Macmillan, talking about their favorite new titles, also both local and international. Straight after that, Viz from Penguin Random House is on the mic. Penguin Random House is the world's largest English trade publisher, here to tell us what they've got going on. And as always, we wrap up the show with our friends at Exclusive Books, who will be sharing just some of the titles that are leaping off their shelves right now. And each of these segments is bookended by some wonderful music compiled by Rick Everett and Dave Wood, starting with this track.
It's a popular show tune, Maria, from the 1957 Broadway musical West Side Story. Music composed by Leonard Bernstein, sung by musical theater actor and singer Jonathan Roxmouth, local talent on Fine Music Radio. Thanks, Mzu. First up on Book Choice Publishers' Choice on Fine Music Radio is one of South Africa's most loved publishing houses. Jonathan Ball Publishers have been publishing great South African non-fiction since 1976, as well as distributing a host of phenomenal international titles locally. Welcome back to the show, to the Jonathan Ball publicity team. Thanks, Paige, and hello to everyone listening. It's Jennifer here from Jonathan Ball Publishers. Um, As many of you will know, South African history and politics are quite the focal point in our local publishing at Jonathan Ball. And with Freedom Day coming up on the 27th of April, which is a day that commemorates the first post-apartheid elections held on that same day in 1994, we've invited a few of our authors to contribute today with their reflections on freedom, especially in relation to their work as writers. So we'll hear from Justice Malala, who is a veteran journalist and the best-selling author of We Have Now Begun Our Descent, and most recently, The Plot to Save South Africa, Chris Harney's Murder, and The Week Nelson Mandela Averted Civil War, which you can find on shelves now. We'll also hear from Joanne Joseph, who's another outstanding broadcast journalist. Joanne's debut novel, Children of Sugarcane, was shortlisted for the Sunday Times Literary Awards last year. It's actually just sold over 10,000 copies, which makes it a bestseller in South Africa. We'll also hear from journalist and biographer Leslie Moffat-King, who in his new book, The Man Who Shook Mountains, has penned the story of his remarkable grandfather, Mungagane Wilfred Moffat-King, who was a prominent Dutch Reformed church evangelist who built a thriving community out of the dust in the far northwest. Michael Cardo, who's a DAMP and author, will also share his insights. We're completely thrilled to be publishing Michael's new work, which is the first full-scale biography of Harry Oppenheimer. It's called Harry Oppenheimer, Diamonds, Gold and Dynasty, and it's just hit shelves, so you can look out for it now. The wonderful Ombakazi Mercy in Kandeka will share her thoughts about freedom in her writing. We published Mercy's very special and unique book last year. It's called Don't Upset Umulume, A Guide to Stepping Up Your Closer Game. And lastly, we'll hear from Prince Mashele, a political analyst and author whose biography of Action SA leader Herman Mashaba has just hit shelves. It's called The Outsider, and it delivers a fascinating account of Mashaba's dramatic rise to the mayor's office, his management of a fragile coalition with the EFF, falling out with the DA and starting his own party. So a pretty exceptional lineup of politically astute writers on the subject of freedom. Let's hear from them. 
Hello, my name is Justice Malala. I'm the author of the new book, The Plot to Save South Africa. Freedom Day is precious to me. It represents the return of humanity to our nation. April 27, 1994 was the end of a long and dark night for this beautiful country. Nothing in the world should ever take us back to what we experienced in that dark, dark night. Many people think the path to where we are today was a straight line, a fairy tale. They believe that Mandela walked out of jail, negotiated with the National Party, and we had the 1994 miracle. But the freedom we enjoy today was not free or guaranteed. There was a time between 1990 and 1994 when we went to bed afraid of political killings in the night and woke up afraid for the day, as the numbers of those killed in political violence were announced on the radio and in newspapers. It was not a given that freedom would bless this beautiful land. My new book, The Plot to Save South Africa, looks at just nine days in South Africa's life in 1993, when assassins murdered the ANC leader, Chris Hani in an attempt to spark a civil war. In those nine days, unimaginable violence flared and peace talks looked like they were dead in the water. It is a book about how extraordinary leadership guided us out of that crisis and led us to Freedom Day. Enjoy Freedom Day. It is precious. It's worth preserving. I'm Joanne Joseph, author of Children of Sugarcane. I'm quite ambivalent about the concept of Freedom Day, On the one hand, I acknowledge that we're so fortunate to live in a constitutional democracy and enjoy all the freedoms that come with that. On the other hand, I wonder how we can truly be free when so many of our compatriots battle poverty, inequality, joblessness and other social ills daily. As a journalist, I've also experienced what it's like to be on the receiving end of a social media backlash because of my choice to exercise freedom of expression. Many women journalists in particular have begun to self-censor as a result. Yet, as fiction writers in South Africa, we enjoy enormous freedom of expression. Post-democracy, we've had the space to tell our stories and know that the appreciation for them is growing. I've used this as the launch pad to tell the story of a group of Indian indentured laborers in my historical fiction novel, Children of Sugarcane, a narrative I think would have enjoyed little traction during apartheid. I'm grateful that we're at least living in a time when our stories and those of our ancestors have value, whereas they were deliberately overlooked in the past. Hello, 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 listeners of Fine Music Radio. This is Leslie Mofuking speaking. I'm the author of The Men Who Shook Mountains in the Footsteps of My Ancestors. That's my newest book that has just hit the bookshelves. Freedom Day is upon us, and for me it is a reminder of how this freedom was not won easily. It is a reminder of the sacrifices that went into our freedom, into the creation of this society, this nation that we call South Africa today. Let us never forget what went into taking us up to this point. It reminds me of my book that touches on these universal themes that are very uniquely South African at the same time. It's a story of my grandfather, who was an evangelist of the Dutch Reformed Church, and did amazing work in a small community of Khalekspan in today's Northwest province. Read all about the challenges that he faced and how he made something of himself using education and getting by on a lot of faith. I also reflect on my own challenges and my own experiences as a Christian and talks about my identity 
as to what makes us modern African Christians. Don't miss the man who shook mountains in the footsteps of my ancestors. It is a good read. Trust me on that one. Happy Freedom Month to all FMR listeners for the month of April. My name is Michael Cardo. I'm a Cape Town-based Member of Parliament and writer with a particular interest in politics, history and biography. My new book, Harry Oppenheimer, Diamonds, Gold and Dynasty, will be published by Jonathan Ball Publishers in Freedom Month. Of course, Freedom Day on the 27th of April marks the occasion of our founding democratic election in 1994. It should serve as a celebration of South Africa's struggle against racial oppression and tyranny. Freedom of thought and speech are such important rights. Writers cherish them because without them there would be no life of the mind. The written word would be hollow. In some ways, freedom is a recurring theme in my biography of Harry Oppenheimer. Did he do enough in taking on the former National Party government in the fight for freedom? Did his minds, through the migrant labor system, uphold the old racial order, the very antithesis of freedom? I tackle these issues in the book. It's the first full-scale biography of the mining magnet, based on unrestricted access to Oppenheimer's private papers, as well as extensive interviews with his relatives and associates. I hope you'll enjoy reading it. I am Wambagazi Mersen Ngolega, the author of uh, a book titled Don't Upset Omalume, A Guide to Stepping Up Your Closer Game. I think Freedom Day to me means being able to share one's voice. I mean, we're coming from South Africa that from 1948 had declared apartheid and segregation of people by the color of their skin and therefore um, opportunities, of course. They didn't access, nine white people didn't access privileges that were accessed by white people in South Africa. And as the writers, writers in those times did not, uh, were not able to share their voices, non-white non writers at the time. So I think the day is very important to me because it opened doors uh, I had never imagined would be open to, to people like me. When I think of those lines in, in voting stations, uh, I think of the opportunities and, and opening of those that were close to all. My name is Prince Marshall. I'm a political analyst and author. My latest book is a biography of Evan Mashaba entitled The Outsider. It is a study of how outsiders decide to storm the political theater and what they do when they are inside the theater. Freedom Day is an extremely important day for me as a writer, for I would not be able to write freely without freedom, which is why I join millions of other South Africans in celebrating Freedom Day. Thank you. Thanks to all our amazing authors for their powerful words on and off the page. And to everyone listening, a happy Freedom Day on the 27th. Till next time. To keep up with Jonathan Ball's latest book news, event updates, and new releases, you can visit jonathanball.co.za. You can also follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and that's all at Jonathan Ball Publishers. Or you can even tune into PageCast, which is Jonathan Ball's in-house podcast, which is always bringing you the story behind the story. Nestor, what's that church down there? La Madeleine. I know La Madeleine. I saw a wedding there once. Everyone was in evening dress, though it couldn't have been more than midday. A wedding dress is almost the prettiest thing I know. Yes, I suppose so. Oh, Nestor, I do love you.
I know what I feel when you're near I know it each time you appear No point in declaiming an ode When we have our own special code No need to speak No need to sing One just a glance means everything Not a word need be spoken In our language of love I'll touch your cheek You'll hold my hand And only we will understand That the silence is broken By our language of love It's clear to you Book reviews accompanied by the splendid sounds of Heather Lloyd Jones with Robert Hebler, and they gave us our language of love, a lovely tune written for the stage musical Irma La Douce. As I mentioned earlier in our lineup, the second publishers to join us on today's show are Pan Macmillan, who publish everything from big name international authors to big name local authors and everyone in between. <laughs> 
A huge welcome to the show to the Pan Macmillan team, headed up by Veronica Napier, who's the senior publicist at Pan Macmillan. Hi, it's Veronica again from Pan Macmillan Publishers. This week, one of our associate editors, Zadwa Kamala Valentine, talks about the Pan Macmillan call for specifically crime fiction manuscripts, and which will happen later in the year. I will then go through two non-fiction books, which are my picks of the month. Over to Zadwa, who will talk about the manuscript submission for the crime fiction genre. One of the first crime fiction novels I read that has stayed with me is Henning Mankel's The Man from Beijing, which was published in 2007 or 8, I think. Um, and at the time, I wasn't really reading the genre. In the novel, it's the beginning of the year and the police discover the bodies of 19 people who have been brutally murdered in a remote hamlet in northern Sweden. The protagonist, Birgitta Roslin, a district judge, realizes that she has a family connection with some of the victims and so the events unfold. It's not a, a complicated story that's full of twists and turns. And yes, there are more gripping novels out there, crime novels out there. But it's how Mankel sets a scene, how he develops characters um, and establishes and maintains pace and really how he tells the story and allows it to unfold. There's a tight formula that comes with crime fiction novels. It's a crime that's committed to kidnapping or a murder. Then there's an investigation and then a resolution of judgment. A criminal is arrested or, or killed. It's an appealing formula because the reader knows they're investing their time in a story that will have resolution. And often it's an insight into our culture or the zeitgeist, especially if it's set in contemporary times. The genre doesn't need to be reinvented. The setting, the characters and the crimes and motives of the criminal are different each time. And that's what we're looking for in Pan Macmillan's first open call for manuscript submissions in quite some time. But not just any old manuscript. We're only accepting crime fiction novels, a genre that includes thrillers, mysteries, detective, and noir. A few industry peers asked me why a call for crime fiction specifically. And I think it's the one genre that's underrepresented locally. And without making light of our current socio-political climate, you know, GBV, home invasions, etc., writing about it can be a useful outlet and often a cathartic process. As an avid reader of the genre myself and a consumer of true crime podcasts, I read an article about the fascination with true crime, particularly by women. The article made the connection between our vulnerability and our need for some sort of control. That possibly by reading or hearing about the inner workings or thought processes and motives of a criminal, we subconsciously absorb information on how to cope with the worst possible situation we can imagine. And maybe even learn tricks on how to recognize the telltale signs or the red flags. So it goes beyond, you know, morbid curiosity. It's an interest in human nature and psychology. It wasn't always the case, but uh, in more recent years, I can easily fall asleep listening to a crime fiction audiobook or podcast because I think it, it assuages my own fears and anxieties. So we're not saying write about your deepest, darkest traumas, but rather that the South African landscape, its people and our stories are unique, but the themes are universal and we want to read more of them. So we encourage you to think about your novels, start planning and plotting them and write a few chapters. Submissions will be open for one week only from July 3rd to the 7th, 2023 on panmcmillan.co.za. And you can follow our social media channels for more information. 
My non-fiction book of the month is Platonic by Prof. Marisa Franco. In this articulate and informative book, she notes that the number of friends that most people have is lower than ever before at the moment. These circumstances lead to many negative effects on our mental and physical health. To quote her, she says, Out of 106 factors influencing depression, having a confidant is one of the most powerful healers. She says loneliness is more dangerous than a poor diet or lack of exercise and as corrosive as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Quite explosive claims. Friendship quite literally saves our lives. The author blames the pressures of work and the often widespread view, particularly in Western culture, that relationships should focus on sex and romantic love. So many women spend the, most of their lives believing that romantic relationships were the most and are the most important connections. Many people have simply forgotten how to make and keep friends, and in this book she provides a wealth of practical and useful advice on the subject. Starting a friendship requires taking the initiative. It can involve risk, it can involve rejection, accepting your vulnerability, and most of all, it takes effort and initiative. Making new friends and deepening long-standing relationships is possible at any age. In fact, it's essential. The good news is that there are specific research-based ways to improve the number and quality of your connections. The key, as Prof. Franco explains, to make and keep friends is understanding your individual attachment style, whether it's secure, anxious, avoidant, insecure. She encourages her readers to bravely look in the mirror and assess their attachment styles and communication habits. She gently guides us through a journey of empowering ourselves to foster closer relationships. When we feel connected, we have grown. We become more open, empathetic and bolder. When we are disconnected, we become closed off and judgmental. Friendships and a diverse spectrum of relationships can meet our inherent needs for meaningful connection. Platonic unpacks the drives behind our society's loneliness epidemic and explores the world of friendship. It is a pleasing mixture of research, advice and humour and a great help in the key to finding your people in an ever-fragmented world. That's Platonic by Dr. Marisa Franco. Another non-fiction book worth mentioning is called Brain Tenants by Dr. Julia Ravy. It's a scientific guide to creating healthy habits and reaching your goals. And yes, that sounds very aspirational, but it actually explains how you can take charge of your brain with the methods based on science to change your habits. Apparently, your brain likes to keep you safely in your comfort zone, and that is what holds you back. We have no trouble imagining the goals we would like to achieve, a healthier lifestyle, passing exams, embarking on a new career, but turning them into reality is far harder. Science communicator and neuroscientist Dr. Julia Ravi explains the practical methods that will enable you, apparently, to transform your life for the better. She draws on the latest developments in neuroscience and psychology to teach us how to direct focus, boost belief, beat procrastination, and very interestingly, why you should actually forget motivation. Using our current understanding about the brain and the way we behave, Professor Ravi has developed techniques that enabled her to pursue her goals and claims they will work for you too. It's a really practical, dynamic book and worth looking at. That is 
Braintenance by Dr. Julia Ravy. And of course, to find out more about all of Pan Macmillan titles, visit panmacmillan.co.za or you can follow them online on all their social media. Or if you missed any of the titles and authors Veronica mentioned, this show is available as a downloadable podcast on fmr.co.za or, of course, on the FMR app. From a proudly South African musical, Cat and the King, we heard Lonely Girl, music composed by Talib Peterson and David Kramer provided the lyrics and the book of this musical. Who's next on the line page? Thank you, Mzuma Keta, our music guru. This is Book Choice, and it's the Publisher's Choice edition on Fine Music Radio with me, your host, Paige Nick. To add to your ever-growing to-read pile, we're joined now by Viz Chetty, 
from Penguin Random House. The Penguin publishing team always has a fantastic and huge selection of fiction and non-fiction on their shelves. And Viz is the sales manager at Penguin Random House, and he'll be bringing us the best of Penguin's current fiction, non-fiction, and children's books. Welcome to the show, Viz Chetty. Good day and hello to everyone on Fun Music Radio. Thank you, Paige, for having me back this month. I'm so excited to be here. I just love coming back to do these segments. I've got some great titles coming up in April, and I just wanted to let you guys know about some of them. I don't have too many this month, but I hope that uh, you will enjoy the ones that I do have. Starting right off is the first one. It's a debut novel by Costanza Cassati. And if you like books like Circe and The Silence of the Girls by Pat Parker, that sort of Greek mythology, you are going to love this debut by uh, Costanza. It's about a real woman called Clytemnestra, who was the sister of Helen of Troy and the wife of uh, King Agamemnon. And, you know, the, the story is centered around a very strong protagonist in her, in the fact that Her life has been dictated by a lot of the men around her and she decides to sort of take her power back after her husband decides to sacrifice their child to the gods to win their favor. That's an incredible debut. It's well-researched. It's got a good pace to it. And like I said, if you like stories that are hooked in Greek mythology, which a lot of people do, I think you're going to love this one. So Clytemnestra by Costanza Cassati is out in April. You should see it in stores by towards the end of next week. So look out for that one. It's got a beautiful cover as well, so you can't miss it. All right. The next one is one of our favorites, one of our in-house favorites, my personal favorite in terms of the thriller genre. He's just grown so much um, in the last couple of years, and we're proud to have him on our list. It's Harlan Coben, I Will Find You. It is about a man named David Burroughs who's serving a five-year sentence for killing his child, his one and only boy, the age of three. And he is put into prison. He's accused of this murder, and he's sort of resigned on the fact that you know, he's in there and he'll never be set free. But as fate would have it, he gets a visit out of the blue one day from his sister-in-law who decides to show him a picture. And in this picture, right in the background, is a, is this little boy who seems vaguely familiar but has a very distinctive birthmark. And there the story sort of picks up in the fact that there could be a chance that this boy is alive, which means that Mr. Burroughs could be a free man. And he decides to break out of prison and clear his name. Fantastic thriller. If you're in the mood for, if you're in between, let's say you're in between some literary novels and you like a thriller, you this is a perfect palate cleanser. But if you're a fan of Harlan Coburn and we have a lot out there, this is one you should definitely look out for. I Will Find You is out now. You'll find it in good bookstores. Go and look for it. I Will Find You, Harlan Coburn. Right. The next one is a nonfiction title. We've had lots and lots of great books written on the Holocaust of incredible people who've done incredible things through terrible circumstances. And this guy, Joseph Lukovitz, I'm sorry if I've ruined the name, uh, Joseph Lukovitz is a true hero in every sense in terms of the Holocaust and what he did. The book is called Survivor. It is out in April. And it's the true story of a Holocaust survivor who endured six death camps before joining the hunt for the Nazis and in, in the aims of bringing his tormentors to justice. So at 16 years old, Yosef was a prisoner in the concentration camps. Eventually, uh, he returned home after he was free, and he was the only one left alive in his family of about 150 people, and he needed to do something. So he joined the U.S. Army in such a finding Nazis, and he rounded up major, major players in, in that SS leaders, in The Butcher of Plaskow, Emin Goff, and a few more. It's a fantastic book about a man who really, really 
did great things with his life despite all the circumstances. So if you're a fan of this genre and these books, I think you should pick this one up. It's called Survivor by Josef Lyukovitz, and it is out in April as well. Right. The next one is also another firm favorite of mine. Uh, we picked this up. It's a local title. The author's name is Sven Axelrad. Really cool name. It's his first book. It's a debut novel, but we are very excited about it in-house. It's set in a fictional town, and this fictional town is called Treasure. And in this town is a cemetery. And the cemetery is run by uh, a man called Matthias. He's a lonely man. He's not married. He lives with his dog. And his dog's name is actually called God. And... He somehow makes friends with a homeless girl named Novo, who ends up sleeping outside the cemetery. And she, he takes her in and kind of shows her around this place. And slowly but surely, she becomes an almost apprentice to his work, which is the caretaker of the cemetery. And out of the blue, very suddenly, uh, poor Matthias dies. And Novo's left with his dog and the cemetery to take care of. And she hasn't, she, she discovers that poor Matthias was actually dyslexic. His dog's name was supposed to be called God, but because he was dyslexic, the name of, he calls his dog dog. And what she also realizes is that all the tombstones are not correctly written out in place. So all the people that have passed on have not been able to go across because their tombstones haven't been written properly. It's all off. So she has all these records and she sets out on a journey to sort of fix all this and get these people to the other side. It's a fantastic, it's got a bit of magical realism, but it's funny and it's charming. And there's a few subplots as well. It's a fantastic debut by this author, Axel Svenrad. The book is called Buried Treasure. Look out for it in April. It's coming soon. And then the last one is Modern Cape Malay Cooking by Karima Isaacs. I just thought that for some of our listeners in, in the Cape province, you all know her. She's such a big big part of the community. She did some great books with us at Penguin. Cape Malay Cooking was one of them. So this one, exactly as the title suggests, is called Modern Cape Malay Cooking. Uh, we find lots of people, you know, the true essence of Cape Malay Cooking is still there. But as time has gone, we're looking at fusion. We're looking at younger people trying new things with the old inspired dishes. And we think that it's time for a re-look at these. So that's why we did this book with Karima. It's called Modern Cape Malay Cooking, Comfort Food Inspired by the Cape Malay Heritage. So it's a mixture of classic and modern style Cape Malay cooking. It's a wonderful book. It is, it's got all different types of meals. It's about 60 recipes in there, full color, beautiful, beautiful book. If you don't want it for yourself, uh, you could probably buy it for uh, someone as a gift as well. It would make a perfect gift for them. It's also got new things in it like air frying and instant pot cooking. So techniques, modern techniques also incorporated into it also including non-alcoholic cocktails, biscuits and sweets and treats, and budget-friendly recipes. I threw in a cookbook this week because I wanted to just flag this one for you. I think that she hasn't done a book with us in a while, and this is a big deal. So if you are looking for a great cookbook, Modern Cape Malay Cooking, that's your go-to. With that, that's all I have this month. I will chat to you guys next month. And thank you very much again, Paige, for having me on. I really appreciate it, and have a good Friday. As always, we're so grateful to have the Penguin Random House team on board for this delicious buffet of books. For more info on any of the titles Viz mentioned and their shelves and shelves of other books, you can visit penguinrandomhouse.co.za or, of course, you can follow them on social media. Just look for Penguin Random House South Africa. Just you know why Why you and I Bye.
music of Buddy Holly, True Love Ways from the Buddy Holly story sung by the uber-talented Craig Ebony, proudly South African talent, once again on Fine Music Radio this afternoon. Thanks so much, Mzu. If you've just joined us, you're tuned into Book Choice, our special Publisher's Choice edition with me, your host, Paige Nick, right here on Fine Music Radio. And if you've missed any of the books our publishers have been sharing with us, the podcast of today's show is available to listen to at your leisure on our website, fmr.co.za. And finally on the show, we welcome Batya Bricker. Batya is the General Manager of Books and Brands at Exclusive Books, and she's here to bring some of her favorite fiction and non-fiction titles to our attention. And all of these titles are, of course, available at your local Exclusive Books. Hello, my name is Batya Bricker, and I'm the GM of Books and Brands for Exclusive Books. Often, the trends in adult literature are mirrored in children's lit, and one can often see a version of societal issues facing humanity creeping into books for younger readers, with modifications, of course. The most topical of these has been the recent rewriting of Roald Dahl classics to be, as the publisher Puffin explains, 
enjoyed by all today. For that to happen, language related to sensitivities like weight, mental health, violence, gender and race has been modified and updated. So whilst Augustus Gloop may have been fat in the original chocolate factory, he is now enormous. Mrs. Twit is no longer ugly and beastly, but just beastly. And the witches now have a caveat about wig wearing. There are plenty of reasons why women might wear wigs, and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. We all have our own feelings about woke sensibilities. And as you can imagine, criticism is deep that the wonderful words of Roald Dahl have been airbrushed, sanitized, and censored. But I do think that Puffin's argument is sound. In the same way covers and book designs are updated regularly for modern audiences, why shouldn't the text, as long as the spirit of the story remains, surely there's a responsibility to be careful with the words we use. In fact, Dahl's work has never been so-called safe content. We cheer fantastic Mr. Fox on, but he's a thief after all. It's Roald Dahl's outrageous humour, the cheekiness, the zany made-up words, an irreverent reference to all things gross that remains timeless. Without change, these stories risk becoming completely outdated and irrelevant. I think I still have nasty flashbacks of Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Matchstick Girl, so depressing, so sad, and really, what did I gain from that story? And it does make you think that perhaps fairy tale endings of the Disney-esque kind, where everything turns out well in the end, are just as irresponsible a message to be planting in any reader's head, let alone a young reader. BookTok and other trends have confirmed a decided return of romance to the literary scene, both in adults' and children's writing. Admittedly, there are now romances of all different flavours, but the genre remains top of the charts in all categories. In Exclusive Books Recommends for April, we feature a book for young readers, it's Crystal Marquis' The Davenports, a YA version of Julia Quinn's The Bridgertons, which we were all watching on Netflix. The Jane Austen-like delve into glamorous gowns, balls, high society and hot romance. I personally love reading YA. It makes for easy reading, but it still has depth and nuance and gives you something to ponder. In this 21st century take of 1910, the cast of the Davenports is entirely black, inspired by the real-life Patterson dynasty, and happily ever after looks very different for the Davenport sisters and brother. Themes of family expectation, the veneer of wealth, and the double standards of the elite are powerful and memorable themes. I loved it. For slightly younger readers, the playbook 52 Rules to Aim, Shoot, and Score in the Game Called Life is a winner. Illustrated with photographs and illustrations by Ty Neve. The playbook is intended to provide inspiration on the court of life. Each rule contains wisdom from inspiring athletes and role models like Nelson Mandela, Serena Williams, LeBron James, Carly Lloyd, Steph Curry and Michelle Obama. Poet and educator Kwame Alexander provides his own poetic and uplifting words. He is totally mesmerizing, by the way. Try and find him online. But he shares stories also of overcoming obstacles and winning games 
in this motivational and inspirational book that is just right for graduates of any age and anyone needing a little encouragement. And then, for even younger readers, age six to nine, Banyana Banyana's Tempi Khatlana's book, Girls Don't Do That, tells the story of her humble beginnings in Machlakeng, the expectations placed on young girls in the community, and the defiant spirit of a future national treasure. It's a must-read for all South African children and adults, I might add. EBR for Children enjoys all the benefits of the Adults Exclusive Books recommends, with each title earning an extra 200 points for fanatics. But my focus on books for younger readers is not by accident. Key to April is to get kids and young adults reading, most importantly, hooked on reading for pleasure. This year, the National Literacy Trust in the UK reported in their annual survey that the number of children who say they enjoy reading is in serious decline, with reading for pleasure at its lowest levels. The survey also confirms that children participating in reading activities, such as World Book Day celebrations, enjoy reading much more than their counterparts who don't take part. Those who are the most engaged with literacy are also three times more likely to have higher levels of mental well-being than those least engaged, which in our fraught age is such an important marker. Building literacy skills for life is ever more essential during these times of uncertainty and hardship. So, in celebration of World Book Day on the 23rd of April, which was, many years ago, Shakespeare's birthday, and Earth Day on the 22nd of April, Exclusive Books is launching a campaign called Grow Their Minds to drive the sales of children's books in store with a portion of sales going to raise money for a book and tree donation for three identified disadvantaged schools. The more children's books bought, the bigger the donation. The idea of the campaign is to raise enough money to cover the book planting project in three locations, as well as the tree planting event in each. And we love the idea of collaborating with our community of book lovers, that's you, to spread some reading sunshine to those who need it most. We have partnered with Food and Trees Africa, who regularly donate trees to schools. And the three identified schools fulfill both their criteria of aftercare for the trees and our criteria of aftercare for books. In spaces that have traditionally been barren, planting trees is one of the most practical and impactful ways to increase carbon offsetting and create green belts which support children in their learning experiences. We look forward to seeing children read their new books under the shade of new trees in years to come. Exclusive Books will also be offering a free plantable bookmark for customers. It's a bookmark embedded with seeds, vegetable seeds that you can plant in your garden. And so for anyone spending 500 Rand or more on the World Book Day weekend, the 23rd, they can plant their bookmarks in their garden to grow vegetables. There are three bookmark varieties. You collect them all and you have a mini veg garden. In this review, I have highlighted three children's books, YA books. And these are three good reasons to buy a book during Children's Month, April, in support either of the Book Tree Project. But of course, there are hundreds more um, amazing children's books in the children's section of every exclusive books. 
So buy a children's book, any children's book in April and contribute to our book tree project or simply buy a book and plant seeds of literary love this World Book Month with exclusive books. Wow, incredible, Bacha Bricker. Thank you. Bacha, as I mentioned, is the general manager of Books and Brands at Exclusive Books. And did you know that if the book you seek does truly exist, all you need to do is ask for it at your local Exclusive Books, or you can look online at exclusivebooks.co.za. And that brings us to the end of this month's Book Choice Publisher's Choice on Fine Music Radio with me, your host, Paige Nick, and our musical guru, Mzuma Keta, and all the publishers who've joined us to share their books with us. Jonathan Ball, Pan Macmillan, Penguin Random House, and Exclusive Books. We'll be back with our regular book choice show, packed with reviews and interviews in two weeks. Until then, happy reading! Signing off with music of Andrew Lloyd Webber, Any Dream Will Do, performed here by Bruce Miller. Ciao, ciao! I closed my Yeah.